The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and we are in episode 38, which is hard to believe we have had the opportunity to talk to 38 makers. It's really been a gas. If you are someone that likes listening to this podcast, I have a challenge for you. Podcasts are fun in that you get a chance to spend a longer version of time with someone that maybe you have heard on the radio or you've read something about but a lot of people still don't know about podcasts. They don't know how to access them. They think it's complicated. So if you think that this podcast would be something that someone in your life would like, go ahead and help them find either the Podcast One app or the Stitcher app or whatever app you're familiar with and help them find a podcast so that we can spread the podcast love. Once people become aware of the podcast world, they seem to get addicted to it. So it's just a matter of turning on people to podcasting If you have ideas for the show or makers in Minnesota that you would like us to talk to, we're always open to hearing stories. Our maker today actually reached out to me, and I was telling him on the way in that it's surprising how few people actually do. You can find us on Facebook at Makers of Minnesota MN, or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram. And our maker today is Brett Stryker, and he is with Maddie and Mays, and they are a popcorn maker. And I think I first met you on Weekly Dish, which is our radio show. Yep, yep. Um, You brought in some popcorn, and I'll just be totally candid with you. I love popcorn. I'm crazy about popcorn, but I'm not a big flavored popcorn person. So there was like, oh, um, lemon, raspberry, wedding cake, and birthday cake. And I'm thinking, oh, that just sounds so gross. So... While we're on the air, the popcorn was open, and I tried some. It was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. I. it was really incredible. And I think what I don't like about fake flavors usually is they're so cloyingly sweet, or they have this sort of fake aftertaste. Tell me about how it is that you started down this journey of your flavors, because they are super different. Yeah. Well, it's it's a long story about where my flavors came from. They all they all have a, a story to them. Um, for instance, lemon raspberry wedding cake came about because I had a cousin that had a wedding, and she had a lemon raspberry wedding cake at her wedding, and people loved it. So I came back, and I was like, boy, how, how fun would it be if I could recreate a lemon cake popcorn that instead of brides always getting wedding cakes at their wedding, maybe they'd think of popcorn. So that's how I came with that flavor, and I'm just like you. I'm not... Uh, I'm not really a big sweets person. I don't like any, uh, you know, really weird flavors. Right. Or certainly artificial flavors because it really never tastes like the real thing. So I started messing around with um, actual real freeze-dried raspberries and lemon oil, uh, real lemon oil, which is just like the, the rind of the lemon pushed yep. down to give it its flavor. So it's actually all natural. Uh, but what happened was over the course of several months, some companies were looking at uh, serving the, the popcorn to their clients or they're putting them in, in gift boxes over the winter. And so the wedding thing wasn't really working out. So I actually changed the name to Lemon Raspberry Layer Cake recently 
uh, but it's still the exact same popcorn. Okay. Uh, then we also have cookies and cream, which is just um, my favorite ice cream is cookies and cream. And we have bourbon barbecue because about six years ago, I was thinking about starting a barbecue concept. <laughs> and I uh, took a road trip with one of my best friends, two-week road trip, and we had a bunch of bourbon and barbecue. And tried. It. so I came back, and I was like, boy, bourbon barbecue would be really fun. And love Indian food, so we have co- coconut curry, and yeah, the list kind of goes one, on. Too. Yeah, So let's start with... How did you? Where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in Golden Valley, and not, not too far from here. Did you go to private school, public school? No, public school. Uh, when I was at, so I went to Hopkins High School. Okay. When I was uh, in high school, we moved to Minnetonka, and then um, went to University of Minnesota my freshman year, and then transferred to Kansas, and, and came back here after my. Did you graduate days. from KU? I did. That's I where did. Our, yeah. my radio host went to school, Jayhawks, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. She know I'm not a sports person, but she yeah. talks about it, so I'm like, oh, I can act like I can play this game. Yeah. So you got back from college. What did you go to college for? I went to college. Um, I did uh, psychology with a minor in econ. Okay. And uh, really, it's because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Well, that was going to be my next question: yeah. is when you got out of college, did you have this sense of like, I'm going to be a psychologist? No. What did you think you were going to be? I had no idea. <laughs> I My parents wanted me to go to law school. Yep. Uh, I thought about going to business school, but I just wanted to take some classes that I was interested in, and I loved psychology, but when I got out of college, I was like, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. It took me several years to figure it out. I never thought it would be popcorn, though. So did you get jobs in the restaurant business? Did you work in a hotel? What did you do for just your regular jobs while you Um, were formulating your beginning of life? You know, I had a cousin of mine that I really looked up to. It said, Brett, if you don't know what you want to do, try to get a job into sales where you'll learn selling and you'll meet a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, So I did um, insurance sales, uh, financial advising with Northwestern Mutual for a year. And great experience. Yeah. It just, it wasn't for me. Uh, So when I was in college for a couple years at internet tcf bank so uh one of my mentors uh left and went to started a finance division at cambria countertop so i did that for a couple years but i always knew that i had just this entrepreneurial spirit and i wasn't going to be able to do any um you know desk job i always kind of had to do more so it, it took me you know from uh really early on i'd always been trying to think of business ideas that. Okay. So were you saving money for your businesses or just no, this esoteric idea in your mind? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never, I haven't made enough money uh, at that point to, to save anything to start a business. Sure. I had uh, just met with some some people that I looked up to that had I'd gotten coffee with and had talked to them about some business ideas that I had. And, uh, and one uh, guy that... Um, uh, Decided that he'd take a chance in me and invest some money with a, a earlier concept that I had that didn't really go anywhere. But what was it? Do you mind if I ask? Um, well, it, it actually it was partly the barbecue concept. It was either going to be it was going to be any sort of food concept under the sun, and it wasn't because I was this huge foodie. It was just because I wanted to start a franchise that I could grow and scale. Yeah. And at the time, this was probably back in what, 2010. You know, Chipotle was becoming huge and sure. noodles and like re- counter service. Yeah, places. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I researched like. You know, every different concept in the sun, whether it was, was a noodles or it was a barbecue or it was a salad or it was a fried chicken concept or it was a yogurt or, or you name it. And uh, so so he had invested just in this idea. And uh, after a couple of years, nothing really made sense to me. So I left that and uh, took a job for a year just while I figured out what else I was going to do. Did he hang with you? He did. He did. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, yeah, it was really incredible because it was something that. You know, he he always believed in me. At the at the time, he had said, you know, um, 
we'll figure out something at some point down the road. So that's pretty impressive to yeah. have found someone like that so early in your career. Very, yeah, very lucky. So do you remember where it was that you got you thought popcorn? Yeah, I do. Um, so actually, um, the girl that I was dating at the time was uh, this. She's just very, very healthy. Really, uh, really cared about what she was eating, mm-hmm. and on a nightly basis, she would have a bag of kettle corn. Mm-hmm. And what she would do is she'd put pretzels on it and peanut M and M's. And I started thinking to myself, boy, popcorn, that's kind of interesting. If somebody who's this healthy really looks at it as a healthier alternative snack food and she's putting toppings on it, maybe it would work in a similar idea to a yogurt lab. Mm -hmm. So the idea that I had was kind of this light bulb moment. I was like, boy, maybe I could create a franchise that was like a yogurt lab where you have different types of popcorn, but we would add toppings to it and sell it based on weight. And so there's a a whole backstory to how... um, to how I started going after that popcorn idea, but that's initially how I had that idea. To, it seems like to a good idea. It. Yeah, I, th- I think that it, I still think it's a great idea. Actually, what what I really ran into was uh, it's just very diff- difficult because popcorn doesn't weigh much. Yeah. If you have one, if you have like a white cheddar popcorn, it, it weighs significantly less than a caramel corn. Sure. So how do you figure out that weight, and then how do you make it so people can you know put popcorn on it without getting everywhere? And how do you serve the popcorn? Yogurt's easy because it's in you know yogurt machines that and you can it's just pull dense. down. Yeah, and, it's and goes dense. into the container. Yeah, so they're just it got to be just a lot of things that I was having trouble figuring out, and um, I was going to open up at the Mall of America. It was going to be my first location. A couple like two weeks before the the lease was due for me to sign. After I'd negotiated those leases for like four or six months. Yeah, was, it takes a long time. I just said to myself, I can't I can't open this store yet, and I needed to work on the product more, and uh, so decided not to, to open up a store and just focus more on wholesale, but I still think the idea is a great idea. Yeah, and when you were about to sign the lease, were you working a day job while you were doing this, or had you I, yeah. quit your job? No, nope, I was time? working a day job at the time. Uh, I don't know how much I was working because most of my time was spent um, on the phone making phone calls or trying to figure out people that could help me do this concept. Um, I had taken this trip to Las Vegas overnight that nobody knew about while I was at my job, but I was in sales so I could work really from wherever. Yep. So late one night, I jumped on a on a airplane to Las Vegas and I met with a person that owned a popcorn store in Las Vegas that I had seen on TV on the Food Network. Yep. And I called them up a couple of days before and I said, hey, I'm Brett, you know, I'm interested in popcorn. If I were to give you some money, I didn't have any money at the time, but I said, if I were to give you some money, would you be willing to show me your popcorn store, tell me how it's done? And uh, I'd be interested in possibly franchising. And I said, absolutely, come on down. So the only person that knew at the time that I was going anywhere was my dad. I flew into Vegas. I met with these guys. I had to I had to make it work where I could basically on my lunch break in Minneapolis, which was, which was noon in Vegas at the time, was two either an hour or two hours back. I don't know if it was daylight savings times or what, but I figured out like over my lunch break in Minneapolis that I would be meeting with these guys out in Vegas. Uh, uh, but I went with a whole bunch of questions. I asked them everything about their popcorn store. We had a really great conversation. They, um, you know, loved the industry, and I learned a lot from it. So it really made me realize that everything I'd thought about popcorn could actually work especially in a store, and um, then just spent a couple more hours in Vegas and took a red-eye flight back home, and nobody ever knew it. So that was while I was working. Yeah. So, yeah, I was working a little bit, but I was focused more on popcorn. So it gets to be time that you're going to start making popcorn. Do you pop it yourself? Do you have a manufacturer that pops it and then brings it to you and you flavor it? Tell me how that works. So that is really 
most of the story here is <laughs> I had no knowledge of popcorn. I'm very good at making macaroni and cheese and sure. scrambled eggs, but that's about all I can do. And at the time, my kitchen was the size of a closet. So um, so I would just start messing around with popcorn in my kitchen, just uh, popping it on the stove. And my dad would come over and help me. And he doesn't know anything about popcorn either. <laughs> But we would just, we, I bought a food dehydrator to, to dehydrate some cheese, and mm-hmm. I would dehydrate the cheese overnight, and then I'd grate it to try to make cheese, and I'd, I'd look at the back of ingredient labels with it and said powdered cheese. It has whey protein and has this and that, so I'd buy all the ingredients separately. That was a disaster. It didn't work, but it was pretty funny. Um, and then what I would do is while I was at my job, I would sit in front of my computer for hours a day and send hundreds of LinkedIn messages to anybody that had food scientists in their name. And nobody really responded to me for like six months. But eventually I I had a friend who it turned out I graduated high school with. She had changed her name, so I didn't know it. Said, hey, Brett, you know, I'm a food scientist. I'd be happy to get together with you and talk to you. And so that's what I was doing. So that's that's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So just um, LinkedIn and you farmed by name. Yeah. Keyword search. I mean, I was just any, you know, Minneapolis. I mean, Minnesota, St. Paul is a a hub for food. I didn't realize it at the time, but there's countless people out there. And I had, you know, friends that worked at Target. Um, none of them were food scientists, but they would put me in touch with food scientists. They couldn't really help me sure. for, for several different reasons. And then I'd reach out to companies, like larger companies that are just consultants, and try to tell them what I was doing with popcorn. And nobody could really do what I was trying to do, which was to come up with really with all natural flavors. What I knew of popcorn, it was just covered in sugar with artificial flavors. Yep. And um, so really early on, going back to the Vegas guys, is they ended up telling me they didn't want to consult um, they had worried that I was going to, you know, open up too many stores or something. I, I don't know what happened, and I kind of panicked and kind of – my dad uh, happened to Google some popcorn, like who can help with popcorn. My dad doesn't even know how to use a computer, which is the, the ironic part. <laughs> um, but found a guy down in Dallas who had opened up several popcorn stores throughout his life and had decided to retire, and I called him, and I said, Craig, you know, I'm – this is what I'm interested in doing. And I ended up going down there for a week and learning everything about the popcorn business, brought my dad down with me. And when I came back and he was doing not, not exactly what I wanted to do with popcorn. It was still the artificial flavors. Yep. But it taught me like what machinery I would need. It taught me what ingredients not to use. It kind of taught me where I could buy seeds and this kind of stuff. Um, so then when I was able to finally find a food scientist, I was able to explain a little bit more of what I was looking to do. Uh, but I still wasn't able to make popcorn the way that I needed to because I, I didn't have a kitchen. Yep. So I ended up calling everywhere in the city, you know, just to try to use their kitchen space. But the problem is I, I need these large industrial kettles. Kettle. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so where I stumbled on after about eight months of searching high and low and thinking about opening, building out my own kitchen was um, a synagogue in Minnetonka. Uh, allowed me to bring a couple machines in there. And my dad and I and my friend Michael uh, from time to time would go into the kitchen and just and make popcorn. But my, my dad and I would go in pretty much every day, um, the hours we could get in when the, the, when the, the cooks in the kitchen weren't using mm-hmm. it. And we'd go in and we'd, we'd wheel our machines in there. And um, when it was Saturday night, we'd have to get in there at 11 p.m. and work throughout the night. And that's that's kind of how the popcorn thing started. So so you actually do pop your own corn. Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, now now I, I, I've always popped my own corn. So I bought all the machines. I taught, you know, I, I taught um, myself, like, what machines I need and what ingredients. I ended up hiring a food scientist. Um, and after 
after the synagogue thing, uh, I opened up my own kitchen in St. Paul now. So that's where I have. That's where, where is I'm your kitchen? Out. West St. Paul. Do you have a storefront tour? Is it just a production facility? No, it's just a production facility right now. So the question that I ask people that sometimes makes people uncomfortable is, how much money do you think you put into getting your business started before you sold your first bag of popcorn? Um, probably over $100,000. Really? That much? Yeah. Um, but a lot of that was spent on figuring out the Mall of America thing. I'd spent some money yep. to hire architects. I mean, I was really far down that road. Yep. And I think that what was really hard was putting all that money in and still deciding not to pursue it. And the mentors that you had and the investors stuck with you. Yeah, they did. That's surprising. Um, I think that as the, the popcorn started happening and they were able to taste the product and I was able to give it to more people, we they started believing in it more and, yeah. and wanted to stick with it. It is something that I feel like when you taste it, you're a convert. Mm-hmm. But if you just are looking at it... It's like, oh, popcorn, yeah, because you think it's going to taste like all the other crap that's out there. So how much is tasting a part of what you're doing today? It's extremely important. Um, you know, when I had this idea, it was always to have crazy flavors that uh, that you could mix and match. And now it's still just crazy flavors, but they're, they're really unique. And so the lemon raspberry layer cake is a great example. People are like, boy, you know, I'm not sure what that's going to taste like. And I'm like, well, try some. And they try it. And Truly, their first expression is wow. And, yeah, and it is that, really great. That really always helped to continue, helped me to continue staying at this because people loved it. But it's absolutely something that people need to try. Coconut curry, people are thinking to themselves, boy, that doesn't look good, but they try it and they love it. How many days a week are you actually popping and mixing corn? About seven days a week now. Okay, and how many employees do you have? got four employees now. And then is that including dad. your dad? Yeah, well, that's not including my dad. Actually, <laughs> okay. my, dad, my dad is... Just as full time as I am. I mean, he he's in there every single day making and bagging popcorn, and yeah. Okay, so. so you're really you've grown a lot. Yeah, it's it's going really well. What are markets that you feel like are great for you? Um, well, I started out just approaching. I mean, this has only been going on since this this past summer, so it hasn't even been a full year. And really, it, it yeah. seems like okay. It seems yeah. like we met a lot longer than that. Yeah, but. no. So I just started selling at Linden Hills Farmers Market this past summer, mm-hmm. and then. My first store that ever decided to carry me was Rustica at, at yep. uh, Calhoun. And then I approached Certix. They started carrying it. And now I'm in about 15 different stores. Uh, Lake, uh, Lake Winds is just carrying it this week now. So it's, it's really starting to grow. And um, uh, and then I have like one location I'm at in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, just as a way to see, does this popcorn have some legs outside of the local community? It's It's a store in Jackson Hole. It's just one grocery store, but it's been selling like crazy, so that's really nice to see. Uh, and then breweries have been a really interesting place. Bent Paddle sells a ton of it. Fulton's starting to carry it now. Is this a? Is this the? Can you by going into retail and going and selling store by store by store? Can you get enough mass to make it a viable business? That is the question. <laughs> um, so far, so good. Uh, but there's a lot more that needs to be done. I mean. It's the the whole entrepreneurial thing is it's it's one day one day I'll wake up in the morning feeling great and I'll be going to sleep thinking I'm going to freak out because there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. It's yep. just such ebb and flow. Um, but every single day that we have a couple more orders come up, um, it's it's allowing me to get by and I'm making enough money to to pay employees right now and I'm taking everything I have and putting it back into the company. But do you pay yourself? I barely pay myself. I mean, it's like, what can I afford? You know, what, what's the littlest amount I, I can afford right now? Right, right. But um, 
you know, so I'm really going after bigger accounts now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's does one, it make sense to go to a distributor at some point? At some point, it will. Mm-hmm. At some point, it, it will. But I think if you ask most food entrepreneurs, they would all say, you know, hold off from going to a distributor as long as possible. It's just it's a it's a different business model, and yep. um, they may change your packaging. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's you know. The, the, They'll have to take a significant part of the margin and yep. then go into stores. They take a percentage of margin, and it's all part of the learning curve. So, yeah, at some point we would have to go to a distributor in order to grow the way you want to. But right now I'm trying to do self-delivery or use a courier service. Are you adding a lot of flavors, or are you trying to kind of stick with your profile of it? seems like you have about, what, 15? Yeah, I have about 15. Some of them rotate in and out. Uh, one of the flavors that I just released was apple pie a mode. It's actually my, my favorite flavor, um, but I don't... I haven't it sounds been, disgusting. It, you know, it, it's kind of like every <laughs> other flavor. They're, they sound... They sound. Some people would say they disgu- they're disgusting. Some people would say they sound good. Um, but it, again, one of those flavors that you have to try, but it does taste like apple pie. But that... Um, that I'm going to be taking offline because that's more of a holiday flavor. Yeah. Uh, avocado oil sea salt is actually my favorite popcorn. That, oh, that That's a great. flavor. Porcini mushroom rosemary olive oil. Actually, to go back to your question about how to go with the flavors, my mom you know, used to make that on pasta, just porcini mushrooms, rosemary, and olive oil. And so I tried to figure out how to do it on popcorn. But um, one of the one of the issues when I started this thing is I, was really, I came out with a ton of flavors. And what I learned pretty quickly is too many skews can be a problem. Yeah. So now... Now I've taken some of them offline, some of them I'll come back with, and some of them I'm just working on that I think could be really fun seasonal flavors. Do you still think the store concept has legs for you? I think that there is still a possibility there. I think that it's just such a different business model that mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if I would have the time to do something like that, but I still think there's that opportunity, and it's, it's a unique opportunity. Mm-hmm. So maybe at some point. It sounds like... Uh... You're one of the most researched entrepreneurs I've come across. Like, you just spent a long time on the internet researching and gathering information. Do yeah. you think, if you were going to give advice to someone, do you think that was part of the reason you're here today? No. Well, uh, on one level, yes, because I learned a ton. Uh, but if I that that was more well, that was because every single business I had tried to start beforehand, I wouldn't research and I would just try to do it, and it wouldn't work or it wouldn't it wouldn't get off the ground or I wasn't able to, to raise any money with yeah. it. Um, and so before I came with this pop, when I was coming up with this popcorn thing, I said, boy, the the only way I'm going to be willing to leave my job and take the risk that I had done in the past was I needed to feel absolutely confident that this is what I could give my whole heart and soul into. Uh, so on one hand, it really helped me to build a business model that I had researched and really understood. But, you know, I think that you can be paralyzed if you, you know, by indecision or trying to get, you know, the perfect product. Yep. So one of the learning lessons I've had is um, if you're an entrepreneur, it's not so much about coming with the perfect product. It's about just getting out there and seeing if people want to buy it. Yeah. And you can always just continue to iterate as you're going along. And proving, um, what does my husband call it? He calls it proving, getting cons- proof of concept. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, when I the, when I went to Greg at, at Rustica for the first time I ever sold it, I thought my packaging was horrible. And it was horrible. I mean, we, we had terrible plastic bags and my f- friends and family were helping me cut circles and putting stickers on yep. it. And uh, one friend of mine said, Brett, you know, stop worrying about what it looks like. You just got to go see if people are going to buy this. And so I did, and I held my breath, and I was embarrassed by it. And the packaging today still isn't where I want it to be, but it's selling, and we're working on new packaging. And so, yeah, that that really helped me realize that we did have a proof of of concept. And 
And go from there. And go from there. One of the people that I interviewed last week, coincidentally, was Smoothie Oil. Okay. I buy all my oil yeah, from Tom. Yeah, from Tom. Yeah, and I was, when I was researching your product, I was like, oh, they're using his oil. Yeah. Um, you're using non-GMO corn. Right. You're using Smoothie Oil. You're really trying to be thoughtful about your ingredients. Is 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 your price point a little higher because of that? Are you positioned as a premium product? Yeah, I want to be positioned as a premium product. But yeah, to your point, I have been extremely careful about the ingredients that I use. It was really important to me to use as local ingredients as possible. And Tom Tom has amazing oil in northern Minnesota. And a great story in Piers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I buy all of his uh, oil, and then I buy all my popcorn seeds from a, a local or a farmer down in Iowa, which is as local as it could possibly be for me because the farmer's that I knew of at the time, maybe it's changed since, but the farmers that I knew of didn't have the type of popcorn seeds that I needed. So the the closest farmer I could find was in Barn City, Iowa, which is about an hour outside Des Moines. And I went down there and I spent the day with Bill and Virginia Grubb at their farm and I got to meet them and hear their story. And I drove back with several pounds of popcorn in my car. Uh, So everything that I do, a lot of the reason that it took me so long to develop... To develop the concept was because of all the ingredients. I, I wanted just to make sure they were the right ingredients. And caramel corn, for instance, took me the longest because I wanted to do without high fructose corn syrup. So I was messing around in my kitchen with tapioca syrup and brown rice syrup and eventually came up with tapioca syrup. But um, And then my cheese is, is organic white cheddar. So, yeah, it, part of the reason that it, it, it is a little higher price point is because the ingredients are better. And I think that uh, they're just such unique uh, products. A lot of people that I talk to say that I, I should actually raise my price. I, I, I think it's a good spot. Right. How much is it for a bag? Six dollars for a bag. Yep. Yep. Um, I I would think that you could actually, and depending on how you package things or mm-hmm. put it together, it's perfect for like a gift basket size. Right. right. Um, it's a it's a grab and go. It's not too unwieldy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do see you having the ability to do tubs and tins and kind of the old Candyland style popcorn distribution. So I actually have gift boxes that I've been doing to try to kind of separate from the the popcorn tin that it seems like everybody else is doing. Are you working with like Wham Industries on those Um, these really pretty boxes? You know, I haven't. Uh, I actually worked with a a friend, Gretchen Berry, who has Gretchen Berry Design Studio. Uh We we came up with just an idea, just a box with the logo on it and in clear plastic boxes, and it's online right now. But I haven't, um, I didn't uh, uh, work with with any of those companies to come up with that. It was kind of just more thinking about different ideas and, yep. and looking at companies that I had thought had really nice packaging and figuring it out on my own. And how to put it together. So um, people can order online mm-hmm. yep. at maddieandmace.com. Yep. Um, they can order at, or they can go to Certix. They can go, uh, give me your like top five places where people can find it. Um, yeah. So, so Certix now it will be, it'll be Lake Winds. I want to uh, give a shout out to, to Crossroads in Minnetonka. They were yeah. the, one of the first people that ever carried and me. Rustica, and Rustica, like. yeah, they, they've been fantastic. Um, and now it's, yeah, Duluth has been paddle. Here's also Bolton Brewery. And, and if uh, there's any breweries that are listening to this podcast or yeah, I'd love that wants to, to carry it, yeah, rent a yeah, shout. Yeah. Tell me about, um, Brett, when you think about what's next, what do you need next to get to the next level? Because you're kind of here. Um, you know, it's it's a really good question. So I think that it's now figuring out operations, how, how I'm going to grow, pricing, um, the ability to keep up with demand. It's it's one of those chicken or the egg. It's do you try to grow and then you figure out how you're going to keep up or 
you feel like you need to keep up and then you're, you're ready to grow. I'm a little bit in between right now where mm-hmm. I'm still trying to grow and, and thinking I can keep up. But I just uh, brought uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Breyer, who um, is now my COO for Maddie and May's uh, left General Mills. She she has you know several years of experience in this world. So what I'm trying to do is surround myself with people that really, really know what they're doing. I'm the first to admit I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And they're, some of these people are really trying to guide the growth and everything like that. But I think that it's it's a little bit of, you know, go out and sell this thing and, and uh, we'll figure it out as Your as sales skills will come in very yeah, handy, yeah. I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for being a guest today. Yeah, One last you. question for you before we wrap up. If you had to give anybody one piece of advice about your journey, is there anything you would have done different or something you think like, wow, if I would have just done this first? Good question. I, every single day I feel like <laughs> I get so worried that it's just not going to make it. So I hope I hope 10 years from now I look back and say, no, I wouldn't have done anything differently. But I, I've learned so, so much just from trying different things. So as it stands today, no, I think that um, I've taken a lot of risks that uh, it's really hard to, to take. Um, a lot of people are in, in situations where they're not able to, but I also have put everything into it. And, and although I'm a little afraid of failure, I'm, I'm willing to accept it if that happens. That makes you a total, for legit, for real entrepreneur, yeah. just so that you know. The yeah. people that take the risks that risk everything, yeah. that sometimes have losses, but keep going with those risks. Yeah. Those are the people that end up usually on the winning side of the entrepreneur game because there's something unique inside you that allows you to take those risks. Yeah, that's that's the hope that, that it goes somewhere good. So It's a good hope. It's yeah. a great product. It is um, Maddie and Mace. We are talking to Brett Stryker. Thanks for being on the program today. Thank you for today. having me. Good luck with your popcorn. Thank you very I'm much. I'm sure I'll see you out and about. If you think about weddings, that's a it's a great party yeah, favor absolutely. for that. Yep. Um, graduation gifts. Yep. If you're thinking about um, having parties, it's fun to have the different kinds of flavors and bowls around. We've done some of that at our house when we've had the teenagers over. Yeah. All of those horrible yeah. Cor- teenagers. Corporate that... corporate gifts too. We do a lot of yeah, corporate gift boxes. Very. Yeah. Um, all right. So thanks for being on yeah, the program. Yeah. Thank you for having me.